Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to shine the light on stories by women who are moving and meaningful and compelling. They're giving permission to others to own their own story and to shine as well. Today, I'm so excited to have a guest from my own home state of Louisiana. This remarkable woman is a super powerhouse in Louisiana and across the nation, actually. Her name is Charmaine Cassiope, and she is the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of United Way of Southeast Louisiana. Welcome, Charmaine. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Oh, I could, I'm absolutely thrilled, and thank you so much for reaching out to me, and it's so good to be with you today. Well, first of all, folks, you all know I'm from Louisiana. I have the accent. You're going to get a little bit of that with Charmaine as well. And people write in to say how much they love it. So we're going to give you a double dose today. Um, It's fantastic. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Charmaine. Well, uh, I'm originally from um, Lafouche Parish. I'm a native of Louisiana, and I now have been living in New Orleans for my entire adult life. I married a wonderful man by the name of Rod Cassiope. I have two daughters, and I am fortunate that my history has taken me. I've been involved in government affairs and public policy my entire professional career. I had the esteemed privilege of working for two of Louisiana's finest U.S. Senator Jay Bennett Johnston and U.S. Senator Mary Landrieu for a combined 21 years of congressional service. After that, I went to work for the um, Regional Chamber of Commerce, now better known to uh, anyone from Louisiana that might be listening as Greater New Orleans, Inc., where I was the Senior Vice President of Public Policy and Economic Development there. And it was an exciting career. I actually um, left there, ran as a candidate for Congress. I was not successful, but um, I've been working here at the United Way of Southeast Louisiana for the past 15 years, and I couldn't be more honored or privileged to do the work that I am now doing, both on the advocacy level and the work that I'm doing to help oversee our community impact. Let me just say something, folks. Um, And Charmaine, I've never told you this, but I believe this to be true. Um, I check out my guests. I I don't want to know their stories before we record the podcast, but I do check them out. And this woman is all that is good and right about Louisiana. We don't often, you know, the the stereotypes, the news stories, we don't always hear the good news when we hear news about any state or place, but she is all that is good and right. And I've checked her record and she's amazing. And I think you're doing great things as you might have been had you been elected. I think perhaps you're doing even more in your current role and throughout your career. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Tell me, you've had a lot of professional accomplishments. There's probably a two-page list. But tell me a little bit about your proudest. Well, I have to tell you that I'd be lying if I didn't say um, I'm most proud of being a mother um, and raising two very strong, independent women. Um, But I am most proud of the accomplishments that I have been able um, to have throughout my lifetime because I was raised by a very strong mother, but I have been mentored throughout my professional career by strong, capable women who are really committed to making sure that we build communities of resilience and that we dedicate so much of our lives 
to doing what we know will help empower others to succeed beyond their, their own and wildest dreams. I love that you said that your proudest accomplishment is your daughter's. That's amazing. Um, every so, so I think that's something unique that um, a lot of people don't give credit to, like our roles as mothers. I think it's something unique that moms bring to the table when they're in business, a whole new way of um, nurturing a situation and considering a situation. And I think being a mom gives you a lot of the skills that it takes to solve problems or even prevent problems. Um, and I don't think we get enough credit for that. So I'm so glad you said that. You have had a remarkable career. And for you to say being a mom is your most proud uh, accomplishment is awesome. Just totally awesome. We well, did mention well, your own me mother. Diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> being yes. a parent will teach you diplomacy. It gives you patience. It makes you aspirational. And it um, helps you to understand how to deal with conflict. <laughs> with girls right so I know I have yes. um, yeah three beautiful stepdaughters who are all brilliant and I love that they question authority they question everything they're critical thinkers so that's good um, you said your mom was your uh, an inspiration to you or a big big force in your life if you will who has been your biggest or best inspirational mentor my best and probably most courageous uh, mentor has been a phenomenal woman by the name of Kim Sport, who I have the privilege every day um, to work alongside of because she's the volunteer chair of our public policy and advocacy committee of the Board of Trustees. But I'm talking about an individual who I've watched. She's a um, three-time cancer survivor. She doesn't understand the word no. She is an individual who is a very bright, extremely courageous, but um, just committed both on the philanthropic level, but a tireless advocate who is without compensation willing to do the heavy lifting and extraordinary work that it takes to be successful. She's been a strong champion working alongside of me here at the United Way. She helped me. Uh, she helped establish the first ever Women United um, organization, which is um, an affinity group under the umbrella of United Way that actually raises financial resources, and they determine where they want those resources to be administered. And were it not for her strong leadership, this United Way would have never brought me here to be employed with them because up until my employment, this United Way never engaged in policy and advocacy. And wow. Kim was really, she was really and truly a vision. She, she was a visionary woman because she understood that you could make all the investment you wanted to make in, in um, the programs and services that um, United Way is renowned for making. But if you did not change the policies and you right. did not engage government at the local, state, and federal level, you would never be able to acquire the monumental sustainable change that was necessary to move the needle on any issue we were currently funding. Agreed, agreed. So she's quite the disruptor, as we like to say over here in Silicon Valley. She is, uh, seems like she's a graceful yet courageous, you know, grit and grace, I like to say, woman. Grit and grace. I couldn't have said that better. 
<laughs> She's got grit and grace. Well, I would love to meet Kim Sports someday. She sounds phenomenal. Um, I have a feeling she might give you equal praise if I were talking to her about you. The two of you together, it seems like unstoppable. Um, so I'm so impressed. Well, we've that been referred. We've been referred to as the dynamic duo. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. I love it. Um, I tell you what, I know some folks down there that should be afraid to say no because <laughs> your ideas are great. They are courageous. They are forward-thinking, progressive, and the fact that you recognize without getting public policy involved or, or uh, that, that it's not sustainable. It's just a good thing, a nice way to spend your day. You know, it's not creating change. It's not being hugely impactful uh, for the next generation. So I love the two of you. Wow. So maybe Kim should be on my show as well. Um, so that she, she would welcome that it. opportunity. She would welcome that opportunity because in addition to the work that Kim Sport does here with United Way, I want you to know that she is a breast cancer survivor and she yeah. has established uh, an organization as a result of that. You know, she's one of those dynamic women that when they say God did you lemons, you make lemonade. She's made lemonade for a lot of women in the area of being able to get the kind of support needed when you go through, um, you know, all of the challenges that you face in having to have a mastectomy. Kim, actually now has made it possible for women to be able to not only have those those um that situation funded but she's been able to give them the tools necessary to learn how to advocate so that they understand how to yeah. make smart decisions about their long-term health so she's remarkable she's just well remarkable. i have to tell you this is the this is the podcast to shine a light on you my friend but you have certainly shown a light on Kim. And I will say, it sounds like she's teaching people to fish, to borrow from the um, the old phrase, don't just, you know, give me a fish, but teach me how to fish. And I, I think that women who are secure, let's put it that way, women who are secure, love to shine the light on other women. And they love to give a voice to other women. And you're doing that for Kim Sport on this show. So I'm going to have to have her on so that we can learn more about you, because I know she will sing your praises mightily. Um, I think it's yeah. fantastic. Um, I, I am so glad she kicked cancer's ass. And I know, look, I have a mother who had breast cancer twice, a double mastectomy. Her sister had a single mastectomy. Their mother had a single mastectomy. Uh, it's just a matter of time, you know, but I'm, you know, all about the early detection and all that good stuff. So thank her for surviving and then for sharing her lessons learned through those difficult times uh, as a survivor with others. So I, I think it's, she sounds fantastic. And I want to refocus on you because I think you are fantastic and I love what you're doing to, uh, with and for my home state and folks, she's doing it with the support of, and the, uh, incorporation of men so she's not the, these women are not man haters they are not they know we need to do this together they understand men need to be allies in this great change in the age of women and uh, I think that you've done a good job of leading the change and the charge while incorporating all voices all voices 
Um, well, I can tell you we're extremely. Go ahead. I couldn't have said that better. We're extremely blessed here at the United Way, and you know, not only are we strongly bipartisan because the beauty of the work that we are doing has been embraced by Democrats and Republicans, but I can tell you we exhibit extraordinary courage here at the United Way of Southeast Louisiana because our board of trustees wear several of the most powerful. CEOs from companies throughout our seven parish region sit on that board, have been courageous enough to embrace having a public policy committee at the board to address the many challenges that we know are essential for our region. I can assure you that United Way of Southeast Louisiana is fighting through our policy and advocacy legislative agenda to create a safe and prosperous community for all. We advocate around all of the programs and collaboratives that we have built, but more importantly, we are looking holistically about addressing all issues that impact, impact education, health, financial stability, and um, we are just, I think, making a profound difference for Louisiana, and in that being said, for the nation. I wanna say congratulations. So that was eloquently put um, and of course, people are going to say, well, sure, she loves her own organization, but folks, I'm here to tell you, and you know, I don't BS. I love that organization. They are, in fact, creating great change and making a difference. And they're fighting, whether you realize it or not, or voice it or not, they're fighting for equity, not just in the workplace, but in the world. So I, I love to hear what you just said about being bipartisan. People don't think of Louisiana as having any bipartisan initiative, but I can guarantee you the fact that I'm a Dem that married a Republican from Louisiana, we can do it. We can communicate we, with each other and we can understand what's important to each other and how these issues and policies impact us personally. And if we would just listen more than we talk and understand that well, this is why I have to vote this way, because this impacts me one way, whereas I understand you have to vote another way because this issue impacts you in a different way. Um, that is where we give merit to another stand, and it looks like you have led the charge on a collaborative effort that is bipartisan at the United Way. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard on any of my podcasts because we usually don't go there and you took us right there. Um, we usually don't Well, I think it's that. important. I think it's important for your listeners to know that all affects, in my opinion, having served for such an extended period of time in the United States Senate as a staff person working for two extraordinary U.S. senators, I saw firsthand the extraordinary work that they did that would have never been accomplished had they not had the collaborative support of their colleagues. So I thank God every day for the bird's eye view that I got working yes. for Bennett Johnson and for Mary Landrieu, because I think they were extraordinary examples of strong bipartisan collaboration in all the strides that they made. But I could tell you here in the not-for-profit arena, we know that if we're going to um, try to effectively impact the implementation of policy and advocacy, we have to not only be pipe partisan, we have to do our homework. And what I understand is what you would when you provide extraordinary leaders in government at all levels, extraordinary, well-researched, thought out, you know, information and why it makes a strong business sense to enact yeah. 
such legislation, I can assure you they not only embrace it, they help you to empower the success you are able to achieve. Yeah. So I want to say something there, folks. What she's saying is um, it, it has been generations and generations of people from both sides of the aisle who have gladly worked together, even co-sponsored legislation and collaborated on the most important issues that impact not only that state, but our nation. And I want you to not believe the propaganda. Don't believe that, you know, I think generation younger people now are thinking that, oh, Republicans don't even talk to Democrats and you can't have dinner together. But I'll tell you, I know the people you're talking about. And I remember when they served and they would go out for a drink after work and they'd talk about ideas. They'd have dinner together. They'd have family uh, get togethers, regardless of uh, what side of the aisle they represent. And I'm just not well, seeing that across right. our nation. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad to hear and when you look at that. And when you look at the legislative champions, for example, on the tremendous work that we've been successful in doing, literally we have changed 130 statutes and law impacting the lives of individual, individuals who suffer from or have been impacted by domestic violence. I can tell you there was no stronger example of bipartisan support. We had J.P. Morrell, who was the author of legislation for us, alongside of him working in the Senate, what, you know, were his Republican colleagues. Uh, Helena yeah. Moreno led our efforts in the House of Representatives. She was supported by all of her um, colleagues on the House side. And at the end of the day, we passed the most historic legislation in Louisiana's history, unanimous, without one person voting against it. Tell us a little more about that initiative. Well, I can tell you uh, both both Kim Sport and I, when we began to research domestic violence, because, you know, we do a lot of funding. One of our lead partners in um, domestic violence prevention is the New Orleans Family Justice Center here in New Orleans. It's headed up by an extraordinary woman by the name of Mary Claire Landry, and they're on the front lines daily. They're dealing with assisting families who are literally traumatized, but making sure that they provide safe housing and trauma-informed care to handle the crises that, or, that they are finding themselves and their families impacted by. And we decided that we wanted to partner with them around domestic violence legislation because we understood through our research that Louisiana was rated second in the nation with the number of intimate partner homicides nationally. We're second only to Alaska. And we felt like, you know, this is totally unacceptable. And so we introduced bipartisan legislation. We're successful in getting that done. And since 2014, today, we now have 130 statutes of law and have actually put in place legislation in a ruby red state that says if you're a prohibited possessor, of a firearm, we now have legislation enacted with the support of law enforcement at the, law, at the local level that now will confiscate those guns. So we are literally, as a result of this legislation, saving lives. I love it. I love it. I had goosebumps. The hair on the back of my neck was standing upright. This is amazing. So I don't think folks 
know about this, and I'm so happy to give a voice or another channel through which you can share this great message. Uh, you're quite the advocate, and, and I think we can feel your passion is palpable. We can totally feel how personally invested that you are. You're a really great storyteller, um, but when you're telling this story, we're all leaning in to listen. Like, it's totally compelling. So thank you for that. Um, it sounds like it's all been a bed of roses, but we know it hasn't. It's been tough work. Let me ask you, what's been your biggest challenge or setback, and how did you overcome it? My biggest challenge and my biggest setback, I'm privileged because um, – Governor John Bell Edwards appointed me to um, chair the Louisiana Women's Policy and Research Commission. And I'm proud to say that with the cooperation and support of this United Way and stakeholders across Louisiana, we hosted the first ever Pay Equity Summit for Women. And we gave profound testimony and engaged business um, stakeholders at all levels small, medium, and large businesses to talk about the fact that while there is legislation at the federal level, we were looking aggressively to try to eliminate pay secrecy here in Louisiana so that no longer would individuals feel threatened if they could not speak openly about the salaries that individuals made. And we have not been successful in that endeavor yet. We've gotten very close. We've, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a majority of Louisiana citizens that believe this is the right thing to do, but we have not been able to enact legislation that would eliminate pay secrecy um, in the workplace. Now, I have to tell you that I'm so proud of the work United Way has done because, and it mirrors what many on our board of trustees have done. What they said is we don't need legislation. Let's look internally. Let's make sure we audit ourselves. Let's make sure we evaluate what are the protocols and the processes that we have on the books through our HR procedures to make sure that we are not in any way um, uh, uh, making it difficult for individuals to talk openly about their salaries. Because we think Let me that ask you a question. Right. What's the argument against being transparent? Well, they believe that um, they believe that it's just a way to in the individuals that are opposing us. The resonating reason why they oppose it is because they say um, they just feel like it's a hotbed for um, lawsuits. And we know that's not true. There's no evidence to support that, but that is the continuing argument that they make. That's a very weak argument because it can be totally, uh, well, we're not going to get into that now, but it is a very weak <laughs> argument. And there, there honestly is no good reason not to be transparent when it comes to that particular issue. This is not a, an issue regarding national security. This is not, you know, top secret security clearance on the issue. This is a, you know, day-to-day -day impacts everyone in the work world issue. Um, so I'm, don't get me going because I'm going to be lobbying on your behalf on this podcast, and that is not what I was 
supposed to be doing on this call. Um, but that is a very weak argument. I agree. And I hope that you can overcome that setback. And if there's anything I or my husband who our hearts are still in Louisiana, if we can do to help you, um, you let me know. I'm a, a great writer. I would be happy to help your cause. I've got a world of people behind me. What, you know, I'm an influencer, if you will. So let me know. Well, Governor John Bell. Yeah, Governor John Bell Edwards has committed to making this a priority um, moving forward, and he just got reelected, so I can assure you he's going to be a strong advocate and a very strong voice for this. So I would look forward to having all of the support um, that you and your husband could give us on this important issue, because it's important for your listeners to know that Louisiana is last in the United States for what women earn on average compared to men, 69 to the dollar for black and Latino women are even worse off. They make on average 48 cents and 52 cents respectively compared to their white male counterparts. This gap exists in all fields, regardless of the profession or educational backgrounds. So we've got a lot of work to do, but I do believe we will get it done. Girl, this is right up my alley. You are now talking my language. This is so I travel the country and I talk about this inequity. I talk about these problems that you just totally shone a light on. You flip that light switch on and just put a big spotlight right on the problem. Um, I did not know Louisiana was 50th in this. And because I'm a Louisiana and born in New Orleans, it's it's making me really fired up right here. <laughs> I'm like, this this cause is something that's so meaningful to me. I have, I have, in my talks, we address this. So you sign me up and wind me up and watch me go, because this is going to, let me tell you, this is going to change. This is not okay. Um, well, I, I appreciate fight. your passion and enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. And look, it's coupled with pr producing results. It's not, it's, passion but i can guarantee there's a desired outcome on the other end of this passion so it's not just theory it's application it's not just talk or a plan it's an implementation and action that takes place so sign me up i'm happy to have the conversations i'm happy to do the, the tough stuff the hard conversations to expose what needs to be exposed um i'm gonna move on from this because you got me so fired up now i need to ah! take a sip of water <laughs> Somebody get the hose. I need to be hosed off. I'm really, really fired up. So tell us something that people, even maybe Kim Sport, I'm not sure. Um, tell us something people don't know about you, a surprising fact about you. What they don't know about me? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty. <laughs> what they don't <laughs> you know transparent. Yeah. I don't, you are. I don't know. Uh, I think. You know, I'm 65 years old, and I can tell you that I feel as passionate about the work I'm doing today as I did 20 years ago uh, when I was blessed to, uh, you know, to start on this path. But I guess what I would say um, that folks don't know about me is that with all the work that I've been able to achieve, I still, um, I, I still need to read empowerment books. I still need to believe in myself. I still need to remind myself that I need to know my value because so often it is easy um, for women to, uh, you know, to just have to continue to rebuild upon the fact that you 
achieve a lot or you think you're achieving a lot and nothing that you've done do you do alone, but you always have to keep trying because uh, you still have in many ways some insecurities. So I love that you were courageous enough to share that. No one who knows you and even myself who peripherally knows you would ever imagine that about you. But I want to tell you that I teach about this. It's called imposter syndrome. And women all over the world suffer this regardless of age or stage, and especially women who are quite successful and high up the ladder. I'm going to just tell the listeners what it is. So imposter syndrome is the feeling you haven't earned your success or you got lucky or maybe you're a fraud or when will this end kind of thing. Um, so are you there? Yeah. Are you? Oh, okay. Good. It got quiet for a minute. I'm like, so I want people to know that you're not alone in feeling that. And I bet no one would ever imagine that about you. Um, People around you would never even think that you feel that way. They see all your successes. They know that nothing happened by chance. But we ourselves put that little um, voice inside us that says, you know, do I deserve this? Am I good enough? When is it going to end? Will will the other shoe drop? So you're not alone. Yeah. And that's, that's quite a surprise um, for most people to hear you say that, I am sure. It is not a surprise for me to hear you say that because even I suffer it and I'm pretty – you know, uh, I own my story. I'm, I'm out there nine to five. I'm the same woman. I am five to nine. I'm not two different women. I bring it all to the workplace and all home. So I hear you. And you know, you leave yourself vulnerable. You leave yourself vulnerable so often because when you're doing this kind of work and you're passionate and you're out there advocating, you know, your heart is so in to this work, yet you're always vulnerable. Have I done enough? Am I do, is there something I could have done? You know, when, when you fail in particular, like when you're not successful in getting the pay equity legislation done, you continue to think back, what could I have done better? How did right. I, you know? And so it's like every once in a while, you just got to realize that, especially in policy and advocacy, sometimes the, the norm is that for real good policy and advocacy, it will take you anywhere from three to five years. And I think yes. sometimes we don't realize the expectations we put on ourselves. You bet. And we're so hard on ourselves. So we, we, we self uh, blame and, you know, that doesn't help anyone, but feedback is good. <laughs> even if it's, if it's not positive feedback, it's the way it's said is right. important, but all feedback is an opportunity not to be trite, but we win or learn. We never lose. Right. So um, Amen. let me ask you, yeah, I love that. I tell my son that all the time. And he tells <laughs> me, uh, because I'm so passionate like you, I get fired up, you know, good causes, bad causes, things I want to combat, things I want to create more of or eliminate, whatever the cause might be that I'm fired up about. He reminds me, he says, calm is the samurai's greatest weapon. <laughs> and I laugh and I remind him, yeah, well, he has a mighty big sword in his pocket. <laughs> he, he will cut you into many, many pieces. And he's like, that's not the lesson, mom. That's not the lesson. So let me ask you one last question, because I know you're so exciting and your energy is so great. and People want to be a part of your universe. Um, how can they reach you if they want to know more about you or what the United Way of Southeast Louisiana is up to? Well, they can go to unitedwaysoutheastlouisiana.org um, 
and they can call me. Um, I'm, my my door is always open, and my phone number is 504-827-6823. Uh, I'd be happy to hear from anyone. And please, I invite you to go on our website. Look at the work that we're doing, not only in the programs that we fund, but all the work that we have been successful in achieving on the policy and advocacy side. I want your listeners to know that today's a really great day because we've been working with the city of New Orleans. They had um, their budget hearings this morning and this United Way, because of our leadership and our efforts, were able to secure $3 million in um, program dollars for early care and education slots for children who are at risk and in need of high quality early care and education. I want you to know that we also secured $250,000 in domestic violence uh, prevention um, uh, uh, support. Um, And that's thanks to our council president, Helena Moreno. Um, This has just been a phenomenal day for us here at United Way. So I can tell you, while we're busy in Baton Rouge, we're busy and continuously working with our champions at the local level and always working to build strong, trusted relationships with our congressional delegation. That's amazing. Let me ask you something. Um, I would usually sign off right now, but I want to say two things. I would love to invite Kim Sport and Helena Moreno in separate podcasts to be additional voices for all the good that you're doing in Louisiana. So if they want to be on my podcast, you invite them, let, let me know, and you can make an email introduction. I'm confident they would, they would be thrilled. <laughs> good, good, good. The second thing I want to say, and I'm going to ask you permission, and if you tell me no, I'll bite my lip and I'll shut my mouth. But if you tell me oh, yes, no. um, I just – is it okay to, to, to give a little shout out who raised, thank God, that John Gell Edwards was reelected? Is that okay? <laughs> this is not only okay, it is a welcomed endorsement for me. Okay. Louisiana is blessed. Louisiana is blessed to have John Bell Edwards and Donna Edwards leading us for the next four years. And I can tell you, we don't have a stronger champion for Louisiana's children. We don't have a stronger champion for Louisiana's foster children. We do not have a stronger champion. He has signed into law more legislation uh, protecting women from domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking than ever in Louisiana's history. He has embraced our Alice population and is working on a dynamic agenda to ensure that we increase the minimum wage. He's fighting for pay equity for women. And I'm going to tell you, he is a tireless advocate for, I believe, everything that United Way is embracing in our philosophy that it is not too much to ask that we make our mission to not only live united, but to make our mission to alleviate poverty from our community. I love it. You know, I know this man. He spoke at my uncle's funeral. He's a good man. I have not had the pleasure of meeting his wife, but um. I will tell you, I breathe the collective sigh of relief with a lot of my friends from both sides of the aisle uh, when we saw the results of the election. Vox did a wonderful piece on, you know, the last holdout of a Democratic governor. And this is not about party folks. I mean, it is to a degree, but this is about this person. I'm talking about this person, John Bell Edwards himself, the man. 
thank God, just a really good, good leader for Louisiana. And I think he's who Louisiana needs to get them where they need to be. And these kinds of policies that you and the South uh, United Way of Southeast Louisiana are implementing will create great change. You are disruptors. You are dissenters. You are the kind of troublemakers this state needs. So happy, happy to hear that you gave me permission. Uh, not only did you give me permission, you gave him the biggest ringing endorsement ever. <laughs> we should have this podcast before the election, but he did all right. So thank goodness. Well, thank you for being well, here. You are awesome. Thank you. You are dynamic and an inspiration to all of us. And you know what? I am privileged because I have, I'm old enough to know I worked with your dad. And that was a blessing. <laughs> he was awesome. That was a real, real blessing. Class act. Thank you. That means a lot. Now you got me all the clamp. <laughs> he was a good man. My Uncle Bobby and my dad were both really, really forces uh, for Louisiana, and their hearts were there. You know, they, they were definitely, um, what like you, they were what, what is good about Louisiana. So with that, folks, I'm going to say our goodbyes and sign off, and thank you so much for listening today. As you know, I will write a blog about Charmaine and the United Way of Southeast Louisiana. I will post that blog on my website and I'll share it to my 15,000 social media followers. And I'll also share it with you, Charmaine, so that you can share it with your uh, following uh, down there in Louisiana. Well, God bless you for that. <laughs> God yeah, bless you and go out there and live united. <laughs> you bet. I'm all about it. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.